right, on this Wednesday evening, we join you again uh, until 6.30, brought to you by Casamigos Tequila, brought to you by those who drink it, as they do each and every day, and we thank them for that. Casamigos Tequila brings you our program. uh, And again, tonight we start not with the baseball, but with something that is uh, even more head-scratching, and that is what we saw from the Knicks here. Explain to me how a franchise and an organization – all right, MSG is a public organization, as you know. I've mentioned this many times. The stock MSG, which owns the teams in the stock. There's two stocks. The one owns the network, which is a stock you don't want to own. The one that uh, I've told you about for years that is, has the teams in it uh, is an incredibly valuable stock. It's now over $300 a share. Um, it's worth over $7 billion in market value. You would think that despite the fact that they can't get out of their own way on the court, they have done well in terms of filling their arena and making money. Their property is worth a fortune. We understand that. I mean, from that standpoint, they're a thriving business. But here's the thing. How much worse can it get? I mean, in all the years, I don't think it's ever been more embarrassing than it was where you have guys. Now, this team has stayed quiet for months on end, as it continued to lose, as it has continued to just do nothing in the way of anything productive in terms of basketball play, in terms of what was going on on the floor. And in many times when different things happened, not not a sound. Now you have someone come out when the coach is actually, and the coaching staff is actually doing a credible job, doing a good job. Not that it's getting them anywhere, but all right, the guy is doing his job. He's working. He's trying to win games. He's actually made the team more focused, more productive. And you have some guy come out and act like he's running the franchise and come out and make these wild statements. I mean, it has reached a level where I said to someone today about it, I said, how much more of a laughing stock can this franchise become? I mean, how can you have someone come out and act like he's going to run the franchise? This guy's not the president of the team. Who decided, who gave this guy in any way put a thought in his head that he could come out and make the kind of statements he made about the franchise to the point where he basically fired the head coach on national television? I mean, think about what we're talking about here, that the Knicks have to come out and basically say uh, our branding specialist doesn't speak for the organization. When we do hire a president, he will be in charge of the organization. So we don't even have a president yet, although everyone knows who he's going to be. And the word is he's miffed by what happened. Miffed? I wouldn't even take the job if I was him now. This is, this is so much past dysfunctional. This is almost where the rest of the league just has to be sitting there saying, hey, can you imagine that this, this jewel, and it, think about it, this is the most important arena in the world. It is built on about the most valuable property you could ever put a building on. The air rights above it are worth a fortune, a king's ransom. They have a license to print money. They can't chase the fans out of their building no matter what they do. 
and they've tried, and they cannot even chase them out of the building. And then they still act like this. They can't get better, and you don't even get an idea that they have an idea what they're doing. I would, if if I was Dolan, I would have fired this guy. So I would have ripped his contract. I don't care what he's getting paid. I would have ripped his contract up and told him to hit the street so fast he wouldn't have known what hit him. He should have been the first guy to go. Where was the famous Dolan temper there? He should have been the first guy to go. You let this guy, this guy clearly speaking out of school. So wait a second. You want a guy around who's going to make those kind of statements? Who thinks he first of all tells you how important he is to the franchise? <laughs> this is what you, this is the decision maker you want at the top of the franchise? He's going to tell you how important he is. He made up a bunch of nonsense of how important he was to other franchises, which everyone sat in the league and laughed at. And he comes out and he fires your coach who's actually doing a good job. I mean, how much worse can it get? How much more dysfunctional can it get? How much more embarrassing can it get? I mean, the rest of the league is sitting there and make a, they're just sitting there saying, can you believe he's next? I mean, it's embarrassing. It's past comical. The players, why would you come here and play, be part of that? First thing that had to happen is you say, you know what? This guy not only doesn't speak for the organization, he doesn't work for the organization. You let him go out there, make the statements he made, and there's no repercussions except uh, we want you to know he doesn't speak on basketball issues. He doesn't speak for the organization. That's your answer? You can go bully some 12-year-old kid because he says you should sell the team, but that's your answer to this guy? When he embarrasses your organization from coast to coast on national television? You want to somehow, some way, get somebody to believe that you have an idea what you're doing with this team. This team that cannot chase its fans away which has a license to print money. Hey, I own that stock. It shows you, hey, I put my money in them as an investment because it's a good investment. That stock was 100 a couple of years ago. It's now 300. It closed today at 307, I think. Okay? 300, let me give it 307.33. It's worth more than that. It's a good buy. They're undervalued, their assets. And that's without them having a clue. Not a clue. But they're in the best arena on the best piece of property that anybody could ever land on. They can't screw it up financially, but they can't screw it up anymore on the court. And how you could let a guy go out there and embarrass your organization that way. When you're going to the All-Star game and trying to make it look like to the rest of the league that you might be getting your act together. And that guy is still part of the organization. There's no hope.
There is no hope. I asked someone about it today who should have a good read on it. You know what they said to me? Don't get me started. Past embarrassing. Really. You need that guy representing your organization? I mean, come on. Come on. Dignity, class, and just the idea of having a clue how to do business. I mean, come on. When does it end? Aaron Boone today on the Astros. Now, the Astros are going to meet the media tomorrow. They brought them all in today. They're going to open their place up tomorrow and answer some questions. Here was Boone today. Let's start with Boone on the cheating. The range of emotions has been huge. You know, you're mad, frustrated, disappointed. Um, but you also know there's a time to move on. And there's, you know, I don't really dwell on the things that I, I don't really am able to control. What about the players? You know, everyone should be able to answer the question and, and be on the record about how they feel about it. Um, but, but at some point, um, very soon, it'll be important for me that, w- that we move forward and start getting after it with, with that in the rearview mirror. Does he have to address these issues with his team? I don't know about necessarily specifically addressing, but you know, hopefully our culture is something that handles those kind of things all the time with how we interact with our, our, our players, our staff, um, and, and what we're trying to, to gain each and every day. All right, and how he views Hinchcore and Beltron. As human beings, we all fall down and we all fall short, and none of us are perfect. So <clears throat> there's always, you know, hopefully I treat people with a grace that would, would reflect that. It's, it's been a little bit of a struggle for me and, and how I make sense of it. All right, let me get this straight, though. The Yankees hire Beltran in December of 2018, right, as a special assistant to Brian Cashman. After he doesn't get the job as the manager. Very impressive, Okay. The Yankees supposedly know at that time that the Astros, or suspect at that time the Astros are, are, are trying to steal signs. You're trying to tell me, and that's the question I got to ask Aaron Boone and ask Cashman. You didn't discuss this with Beltran? You never went to Beltran and asked him about what was going on there. He now worked for you. You hired him out of Houston. You had him in the, your, he's cashing your check. What did he say? Now, here's what Sanchez said, which got through an interpreter, through Marlon Abreu, about Altuve. Let's listen. Maybe, maybe I did hear some of it. Uh, I couldn't really pinpoint what, what was going on at the time. Uh, you know, I'm concentrated behind the plane on doing, behind the plate on doing my job. And, and it was also my first full year in the big leagues, you know. Um, I had no idea, you know, that uh, people were doing things like that. You know, um, so it's hard for you to pinpoint what's going to really determine what's happening in, in, in real time, you know. Um, so I, I couldn't really connect what was going on at the time. Uh, this is the one I care about. Did he, did, what did he think about Altuve and ripping his shirt off? This is the one I got to all the play today. Let, let's listen. This is through the interpreter, of course. Go ahead. 
he stayed back pretty well on that pitch, you know. Um, but they asked him, you know, what what were you looking for on that at bat? And he he said he was looking for for an speed. So I don't know. I mean, it's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I, you know, I can tell you that if I hit a homer and I get my team to the World Series, they can rip off my pants as well. <laughs> everything they can rip everything off. If I get my team to the World Series, you know, hitting a home a walk off homer like that, they can rip anything off. Now that's why Altuve has a huge problem because that is going to get played for Altuve. They're going to flock to Altuve tomorrow, and Altuve is going to have to answer the question directly: Why did you have to go in and go inside and protect your shirt? not being ripped off. Everyone thinks you were wearing some kind of electrical device. Were you? Uh, He's going to have to answer that tomorrow. Nobody's going to believe his answer. Okay? And how the Astros deal with this, especially Altuve because of how he is held in such respect as a clutch hitter and as a star player, how he deals with this. He's going to get one shot at this. That's it. Because the Astros, I don't know what they went through today. I'm sure they had uh, PR specialists in there today. They had crisis specialists in there today telling them how they thought they should handle this kind of crisis. This is like what, you know, a senator goes through or a president goes through or a big politician goes through and they bring in these crisis management guys and tell them how they think. Here's what you should say. Here's how you should answer. Here's how you should pivot. Here's how you should answer that question. Here's how you answer the follow-up level. They went through this all with the players today. They brought them all in and talked to them about tomorrow. Now, whether or not they're going to look coached tomorrow or whether or not they're going to look like they're actually telling the truth tomorrow, I don't know. They're going to get it, and they're basically going to have to deal with it for a while. Now, it's not one guy. It's a whole bunch of people. So remember, the players have been absolved. They were granted immunity for their testimony. Why? Because the players were not in positions of authority, so they weren't going to do anything to them anyway. They knew that, so they tried to make a deal with them. Hey, tell us what you know, and we'll grant you immunity, which is what they did. Now, what that means what that means for these guys as far as the court of public opinion. That's what they're in front of now. Forget anything else. This is now about how they are going to be perceived in the court of public opinion, whether or not they will be believed. And what they have to fear here also is if they don't tell the truth, if they lie about 17, 18, or 19, and we get an expose from The Athletic or from somebody else two months from now that shows that they were lying, it's over for them. They don't get two shots at this. They get one shot at forgiveness. If they act like they're telling the truth and they say they're sorry, they could, they could be forgiven, but only if they come clean. And to get a whole bunch of guys to come clean on this kind of thing is virtually impossible. Because their first reaction is to stonewall it. Because when Altuve and Bregman and those guys have been in public so far, they have stonewalled the whole thing. So they have not one time tried to open up. But the thing that is very puzzling here is the Yankees want answers. Beltran left, was the mastermind, and he went to work for them. You never had a conversation with him? Doesn't seem possible, does it? 
You weren't suspicious? Sure you were suspicious. You already said you were suspicious. Well, Veltron was there. He now was working for you. It never came up. Now, as we get ready for the All-Star break uh, that is coming this weekend, we all know that uh, Leon Rose is coming to run the Knicks as the president. An unhappy one after yesterday's incident, I'm sure, but uh, it's still coming. Uh, World Wide West is not. So the thoughts were that they were some kind of package deal, that they would come together. World Wide West is not. And maybe that's a surprise to some. Maybe it's not. Um, But unless something that we don't know about happens, Rose is coming. He's already agreed to come. The other thing which doesn't go away, which I've said for days is not going to happen, John Calipari is not going to coach this team. Despite his relationship with these guys, he is not going to coach this team. John Calipari knows he belongs in college basketball. Plus, there are other mitigating factors. Number one, he makes almost $10 million a year in in Kentucky. Number two, his wife is a small-town girl who we met at Kansas who loves Lexington. She doesn't like the big city. She doesn't want to move. She loves Lexington, Kentucky, where he is implanted and is as strong as can be. He's done a great job there. He fits the school perfectly. His style has worked for him there. A bad year, they make the NCAA tournament. A good year, they make the Final Four. A great year, they win a championship. That's as low as it gets for him at Kentucky. It doesn't get any, any worse than that. A bad year is still the NCAA tournament and 25-plus wins. That's a bad year. It gets better from there. He's already won a championship. He's already put a ton of players in the pros. He's well-regarded, and Lexington is one of the real unknown gems in America. There are not a lot of cities in America I could live in. I could live in Lexington, Kentucky. It is a beautiful – first of all, you you go on the outskirts and you see all those amazing horse farms, which are all there. It is a gorgeous city. It is also a very sophisticated city that people don't realize. It's a classy, sophisticated city. It's a great place to live. It's beautiful. It's scenic. They love their basketball and their horses, and it is a really a very, very underrated town. So people who live there love it, and they're not leaving. And John did not love his experience as a pro coach, he knows and he learned, and rightly so, that the pro game is about the players and not about the coach. The college game is about the program builder. It's about the coach and his relationship to the players he brings in, even at one and done. But the pros is about the players, and he knows that, and he knows it's not for him. So despite you keep hearing these crazy things about him coming to the Knicks, I would be completely stunned, shocked, stunned. I would be knocked off my chair if he came to coach the Knicks. I don't think there's a chance in the world that he would leave what he has at Kentucky. His wife would be furious. I I mean, I don't even know if she'd talk to him if he left. And why would you leave something that you have so perfectly built that allows you to run into the sunset? Being the head coach at Kentucky is as big as it gets. You can't get any bigger in his sport. The following is rabid. And as long as you give them what they want, which means win basketball games and keep Rupp Arena full, there's no problems. He was made for that job. 
He is the perfect modern Kentucky coach. He is a superb recruiter, and his strength is he is great at getting very talented players to sacrifice, play hard, and play together even though they might, not only, they might only be together for one year. Go look at some of the star players he's had and look at how few shots they got per game. And then they went off to the pros and became big stars. He has been able to meld those teams. All right, he could have easily won another championship. There are teams he had that should have been able to go farther than they did. But you know what? In that sport, you can get shot out of one half. You can have a bad game from three or a bad game from the foul line and lose. That's the way that tournament is set up. It's not set up for the best team to win always. So he had teams that didn't get all the way that could have or should have. That's true including his undefeated team, which was a great team that played great all year and then had a bad half. But he has it set up as well as anybody, and he'd be nuts, nuts at his age to risk that and come here. That would be the biggest mistake of his life. He would regret it forever. I don't think there is even a possibility, and he's not even the right guy for the job. So move on. It doesn't fit at all. That would be a mistake on everybody's part, especially his. So I do not see it happening under any, any circumstances, nor should it. These guys like him, Mike Krzyzewski, early years Roy Williams, they're smart enough to realize what they have. Jay Wright's figured that. You know how many times Jay Wright's been off at NBA jobs? They don't think they have anything to prove. Maybe there was a time when they did, but at college now, they make as much or more than they would make in the NBA, and they have complete control, which you can't get in the NBA because if you're good enough to have top players, the top players run your team, you don't. You have to have a partnership with them, and the players that you need to win with, you cannot control, not the real good ones. It's a player's league. College game is a coach's game. The NBA is a player's game. And Calipari knows that. That's why he stays put in Kentucky. Steve Summers coming up next. Net basketball after that. We will see you tomorrow on a Thursday. Enjoy your Wednesday night, everybody.